Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Byrne. It's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, um, August 1st. Oh my God, where is the fucking summer going? I've barely had time to get a lobster roll. Have you had the lobster roll down at Mark's? Oh, it's to fucking die for. The only thing I don't like is the fucking line is so goddamn long. I go through half a pack of ciggies waiting for it. By the time I get up there, I've burned all my taste buds, so I can't taste the lobster butter. Um, yeah, it's August 1st. Who the fuck knew? I don't, I don't, by the way, I don't fuck with lobsters. Can you tell I'm tired as shit? I took a fucking... I don't know, red eye, but not a red eye. Early morning flight back. I barely slept because there was a bunch of comics on the plane. Coming back from Montreal. Um, Had a great time up there at the Montreal Comedy Festival. Before I get into that, let's talk about why I don't fuck with lobster. Because they boil them alive. And then people who aren't lobsters say that the lobsters don't feel anything. Rather than they don't have a voice to be like, um, could you turn down the heat a little bit? I'm getting a little red in my lobster ass over here. Right? They they can't say anything. You know? There aren't many fish that say anything. Unless they're mammals, then they kind of run their yaps. Is a dolphin a mammal? Because he's got a couple little fucking whiskers. You know, like that dude who can just never grow a beard his whole fucking life. That's actually a good thing if you're pretty hairless. Usually means you keep it on top of your head. But those fucking guys with the hairy backs in gym class in like eighth grade, they fucking look like a substitute teacher by the time they're 19. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't fuck with lobster. I, I, I still don't understand... You know, I bet if I was to look right now, if I was to be inquisitive, um, I would I would look this up right now. Okay, humane way to cook lobster. All right, which is kind of funny because you imagine if lobsters ate us. Oh, believe me, buddy, if they could, they would. They could get, if those fucking claws were a little bit bigger, they'd take a lot more than just your finger. Um, How do we do this here? Let's see here. Lobster is best when killed immediately before cooking. (laughs) Well, shit, let's get to it. Unless you bought a frozen lobster. What you brought home from the market is alive and kicking, and that leaves the task up to the cook. What is the most humane way to dispatch of a lobster? Well, I, I respect this article because it says it did say killed. So they're not trying to like sugarcoat killed. This is just good writing because they already said killed in the, in the paragraph. And for some reason, when you're writing, you, it's not good to repeat words like that. Um, you look for synonyms. Even though when regular when people are just talking, they repeat the same words all the time. Like, are you fucking kidding me? 
Dude, are you fucking kidding me? You know, a, a better writer would have said, dude, are you fucking kidding me? And then be like, bro, kid, are you fucking shitting me? Um, while plunging the live lobster into a pot of boiling water will surely be fatal, there is some to debate as to whether it is cruel. Now, who the fuck in the world is like, it's not cruel. It's absolutely cruel. It's whether or not you give a fuck that you're doing it. Uh, the lobster's thrashing tail often makes a knocking sound inside the pot, sometimes loosening the lid. And that can make the cook or those nearby waiting for dinner a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, I wish this thing getting boiled alive wouldn't quit disrupting our meal. <laughs> hey, we're over here trying to eat the appetizers. Could you fucking get boiled alive a little quieter? Uh, but does the lobster suffer? The jury is still out on this one, but most chef agrees that dispatching a lobster before cooking is the best approach. Killing before cooking. There are a few ways to kill a lobster. Oh, Jesus. But there's only one way to get it in the pot. Uh, by doing it before cooking, you have the option to boil, bake, steam, or cook it another way. Freeze the lobster by placing it in the free. Oh, my God, it's got to freeze to death. What would you choose? Boil the lay? You got to go freeze to death. You got to go with the cold. <laughs> There's me some asshole out there going, like, well, actually, if you boil to death, it'd be over quicker. They're both agonizing deaths. Shut up, fucking death expert. Uh, freeze the lobster by placing it in the freezer for 30 to 60 minutes before putting it. In. You can't just fucking take a little club and hit him on the head. There you go. A quicker option is to plunge a knife straight down into the carapace, part of the exoskeleton on the lobster's back. Paste the tip of the sharp chef's knife behind the lobster's eyes, right below where the claws meet the body and halfway to the first joint. Swiftly plunge the knife down through the head. The legs will continue to move a bit, but the lobster is in fact dead. Why is there so many mysteries with these fucking lobsters about whether they're feeling shit, whether they're alive or dead? I'm getting to the point where I'm going to start blaming the victim. You know, maybe if these lobsters knew how to communicate a little better, they could avoid such a horrible death. Um, anyway, oh my God, so fucking wiped out, but my kids are coming back from uh, hanging out over some friends' houses. Uh, their friend's house, they had a play date today. My wife's bringing them back. And they're going to be back here in like a little bit. I haven't seen them in two days, so I don't want to do anything else other than play with them today. So I am knocking this the fuck out. Um, yeah, so I was up in Montreal. I played the Bell Center where the hated Habs, the Abidant, Blue Blanc et Rouge play. Um, it was fucking incredible. Uh, what an amazing crowd. They were uh, just great sense of humor and they just really listened. Oh, you could take them on a ride. I had an absolute fucking blast. And uh, we showed the movie trailer for Old Dads. Everybody seemed to really enjoy that. And... Um, I'm getting uh, very excited about 
whenever that movie comes out. And uh, I worked with uh, Nate Craig and Joe Bartnick. They both absolutely killed. Thank you to Bruce Hills and everybody at the Montreal Comedy Festival. Um, I had a, I had a great time, although I was a little depressed just thinking about how long I'd been going to that thing. I don't know, just something got me, you know. I just think I spent a little bit too much time alone in the hotel room. The smoke started catching up with me, and I just started thinking about, man, I remember when I first came here, because, you know, it's like shit had changed and stuff, you know. I still did the hike up the stairs in that fucking, uh, that beautiful park they have. I always take a picture of the Montreal Expo Stadium, Olympic Stadium, where uh, where coming? Which, if I'm not mistaken, I think Bruce Jenner before he became Caitlyn won the won the decathlon there. Wouldn't that be amazing if Caitlyn Jenner came back, and you know, did the decathlon and then won, and then could be the first person to ever win the male and female decathlon? I mean, when is that going to happen again? What do you mean again? It never happened. But if it did happen. Um, you know, if Bruce didn't waste all that time on chips, instead of doing chips, if he just became Caitlin, did a couple episodes of Cagney and Lacey, you know, he could have won them both. It's got to haunt him or her. Um, oh, by the way, rest in peace, uh, Bill Russell, the great Bill Russell has passed away. Um, just one of the most important figures maybe in sports history right up there with uh Ali Jackie Robinson and and everybody else of that era um I think it's amazing that he lived to be 88 at his height you know how many like six foot nine six foot ten old guys do you see walking around and you do know why that is it's because everybody gets the same size hot so it has to work that much harder to pump the blood to the tip of your toes and come back again, which is why even putting on a few pounds, you know, puts all this pressure on your heart. Um, I don't know why I would go into that, but I mean, just like, you know, there's been so many big men over the years that die prematurely, like Will Chamberlain. I thought, I don't even know if he made 60. Um Moses Malone was another one. Daryl Dawkins, all these big men that I, you know, either just missed or watched their careers have gone on to pass. And Bill Russell continued to live, lived to be 88. So that's, um, that is amazing. But um, one of the great, greats of all time. And um, yeah, that fucking blows. But I mean, it's 88. It's a weird thing when you live a long life. You know, there's nobody left. But there's actually a lot of Celtics left. That's kind of like the depression that I had when I was up in Montreal. You know, when I wasn't around anybody. I was kind of going around the fucking city. And, like, just all the fucking memories I had. And how much time has gone by. And how many people I hung out with that are no longer here anymore. It's just fucking wild. You know, a couple people have lost their minds. A couple people are dead. Then other people, you know, like me, got married, had kids, and you just don't have time to fucking hang out. And I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, I got to fucking get out of here. I got to go do the stairs. I got to keep going, you know? 
It's really crazy. Um, but if you're into that sort of morose sort of, if you're feeling that, you want to watch it. I mean, if you want to, if you're if you're a little down in the dumps right now, and maybe you just want to hang there for a little longer, and you need a movie that will uh, be a nice company for you, on the Criterion channel, you know that has just all the best shit. Um, there's no way to bring up that you watch that channel without coming off like a snob. Um, I watched this movie that I'd never heard of called uh, Fat City, uh, starring Stacey Keach. Um, I have my fucking brain. I can't think of anybody. Uh, and uh, uh, Jeff Bridges. Um, and then the woman in it got nominated for an Oscar. I should just pull this up right now. Uh, it's a boxing movie. Uh, beautifully shot. Um, let me see here. Fat City cast. There we go. Susan uh, Susan Terrell. Um, Nicholas Colasanto. Is that how you say his name? Actually played coach on Cheers. Um, was in Raging Bull and all of that. Just a fucking incredible movie. Um, I checked that out. So... I watched a lot of shit when I was in Montreal. I usually go to like the Young Comic Showcase. Uh, I wasn't able to get to it because my flight got so delayed and I was only there for like 36 hours. So I went over to this place called The Nest. Had a great time. Ran into Tommy Tiernan. Oh, Tommy Tiernan. I I didn't even know he was going to be there. And I had just in the brief time that I saw him, uh, had a lot of laughs. Just such a great guy. One of the great comics in the world. I got to see him do a hilarious set. Um, And I didn't even realize that as I was leaving that the place where that comedy club is uh, was where the original uh, Montreal Forum was, where Rocket Richard and all of those guys played. Not the one in the middle that I associate with... uh, Guy Cabineau, Chris Chelios, Chris Nylon. Who else? Patrick Waugh, Spoboda, Stefan Richet. Oh, my God. It's funny. Now I look back, like, fondly at all those memories and everything. But when we were playing those, I fucking hated all of those guys. And now I'm like, uh, I don't know. I think that's being in your 50s. You think back going like, how cool is that? I screw the Boston Garden. I remember getting, I, one time I got tickets running the glass and fucking just was right there. And, and, you know, all of those guys that I fucking hated and I watched them on WSBK TV 38 before Nesson came around. Fred Cusick and uh, who's this? Oh my God, what the fuck was this? Before Derek Sanderson. Was it Johnny Pearson? I'll tell you right now, Fred, all you youngsters out there, watch this. Ricky Middleton, he's going to do it all himself on this one. Over the blue line. He's doing that whole thing. Right in the back of the night. Freezes the goalie right here. Oh, Pearson's pointers in between periods. It was just the the greatest. It was the fucking greatest. So um, it was really, uh, I don't know. I hate to say this as a Bruins fan, but there's, even in the new place, there's still that mystique of all of those championships. And the only thing that sucks is they rolled up the banners 
which I actually kind of respected. Like, we're not going to hang the banners while somebody's in here telling shit jokes. <laughs> but uh, we had a great time. And, you know, Bartnick fucking hosts the Puck Off podcast. He's a hockey maniac. Nate Craig is also also a great hockey player. So we were all geeking out that we were in there. And we just had a, a fucking great time, man. It was awesome. I was do, uh, trying out my French Got to do it twice this month. I was in France last month. I'm in Montreal. I was actually noticing their accent a little bit. I was picking up so much shit. I got to... What the fuck did I say when I was up there? Uh, en plus a tutoyer. And she was like, mais oui, mais oui. It means can we, can we speak familiar? As opposed to using vous, we can use two. And uh, I was able... Although I did fuck up. I, need, I forgot to buy a belt. And I went to this fucking haberdashery store. And they just go, bonjour, hello. And I was like, bonjour, monsieur, je voudrais acheter. I said, un citron. <laughs> I said, no, not citron. I go, a belt. And these, I forget, I always forget belts. Centrion or something like that. I said, I just said I want to buy a lemon, right? And he laughed. He said, yeah, that's what you said. <laughs> Whatever, baby steps. You know, lead to bigger steps and then you're going. So um, I ended up having just such a fucking great time when I was up there. And um, I couldn't get to sleep because of always I went to uh, Stogie's. Shout out to them. Uh, rumor has it that they're going to be opening a comedy club above the cigar bar. Uh, excited about that. And uh, But I smoked two cigars, so I came home. I was just kind of wired from the tobacco and I couldn't go to sleep. And uh, which ended up being a good thing because there's this drummer that I keep seeing. And uh, I finally, you know, I saw one time and she blew me away. And I, you know, I accidentally swiped. And then, you know, I had to go back into fucking Instagram. And within three seconds, the video I was watching was like 30,000 videos away and I couldn't find it. Um, <clears throat> I hope I say her name right. Her name is uh, Sarah Thauer. Um and she like uh, just she has this video i i got to post it where she's just basically giving like a drum lesson and um the fuck is that noise couldn't tell if that was human or a fucking animal um anyway uh indian drummer i believe and she came up playing the tabla. And the way they teach drums over there is you have to sing the rhythms rather than, um, you know, counting it, how they, they teach it here in the West. And uh, she just was singing these tabla thing, these tabla rhythms. I don't know anything about it, but it was just fascinating. In like seven and just her phrasing, she's like, I don't... I'm not going to be able to do it justice, but there were so many things that she was doing on the drums that you actually do as a comedian or an actor. And one thing, she was like, I don't want her to be thinking anything. And I just was like, that's what the fuck I think. Is there somebody breaking into my fucking house? What's going on here? Oh, the kids are home. No, are they? No. Jesus Christ, I'm fucking losing my mind. Looking at my car in the driveway. I just see a car and I think somebody came home. Um, 
something happened. Something got opened here. Oh, who knows? I got a bat. I got a bat and I got some fucking non-lethal weapons here. I like my voice. Please don't steal anything. Anyway, uh, she was saying um, how she just wants her head to be clear. That's how I like think before I go out and go do a set. Like I don't want to be thinking anything. I don't want to be thinking about what I'm open about. I don't want to be thinking about fucking anything. I just go out there and just sort of lock in with the crowd and then just see what happens. And uh, she was doing, you know, but as much as that's cool to do that as a comedian, at the end of the day, I'm still talking, which is what I had been doing for 23 years before I became a comedian. So what amazes me about musicians is they have to learn how to talk all over again through their instrument. And she is just an absolute juggernaut on the drums and one of the freest people I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, uh, she just doesn't give a fuck. And I really feel like the uh, support she got as a kid, because I was like a half hour video and I was like as blown away by her drumming as I was as her as a person, like how just free she was and confident and all that. I just absolutely loved her playing. I went down this rabbit hole and saw that she played with Sheila E and all of these people, whatever. And then it also got me like trying to learn some of those tabla chants or songs, rhythms, whatever they're called. And I came across uh, this video of um, this guy, Zakir Hussein. I know I'm pronouncing all these wrong. He played with like George Harrison back in the day. He's one of the great, great, greatest of all time. But him and this other guy, I'm going to say the name wrong. Uh, So anybody who's into this type of music, please send it phonetically and I'll say it right next week. Uh, Rakesh. Chareja, I don't know how to say his name, but he plays like their version of the flute. I watched this shit. It was absolutely hypnotic. They both sit down on the floor. Rakesh guy starts playing. Zakir is sitting there for like 10 minutes, doesn't do anything. And this guy is just mesmerizing and creates this vibe. And then all of a sudden, the Zakir guy slowly starts incorporating, you know, his tabla rhythms and everything. And I was just like, holy shit, I I never even knew. Like, you know what it was? It was that Sarah Thower thing that I watched that gave me access in to be able to begin to understand how incredible the music from India is, which I already knew it was, but it was just always like, you know, it's just something that's just so different from what you're listening to. It's like hard to listen to because you can't keep up with like a new language. You're like, how the fuck am I going to learn all of that, right? So um, I'll post the video. You got you got to fucking watch it. It's just insane. If you play any instrument whatsoever, and uh, I can't even tell you how satisfying everything I just told you was to 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 watch. So um, and thank God for whoever posted those videos and for Sarah making those great videos uh, because I was going into a fucking depression. <laughs> up in Montreal and it totally pulled me out of it and I was up till five in the morning just watching all of this stuff just just blew my fucking mind absolutely blew my mind um I think I fucked my shoulder up again you know fucking idiot but I don't think I did it that bad I think I can recover it's not like I'm going all the way back but I definitely a couple of steps back I pushed it a little bit um oh, fucking stupid 
goddamn impatient fucking bald ginger son of a bitch. Um, Red Sox are being the Red Sox. Just a tough year with the injuries. I'm sick of fucking people shitting on the Red Sox too. Like the level of injuries that we have this fucking year. We, we literally half the time, half our team out there should be playing in Worcester. So fuck off with that. Uh, one of my Yankee fan friends was giving me shit or whatever. Just show me how good Aaron Judge is doing. And, uh, you know, I mentioned to him that the Dodgers now have the best record <laughs> in, in baseball. Did the New York Yankees peak too soon? It's probably better now that if you're a Yankee fan, it's better now that they're shit in the bed in, in July. They got plenty of time to get momentum going again so they can maybe, uh, you know, get something going in October. But I, tell you, I just fucking, I, I'm just telling you, like, I, I fucking hate Yankee fans and I hate Laker fans because they both had the same thing in common. No matter how many fucking free agents they have on their team, they can't have enough. And if anybody becomes available, you know, they, they want to add them to their $900 zillion team. And it's just like, I don't understand what Yankee fans and Laker fans have against competition. It's like they don't even want to see competition. They want to see all the stars in the league on their team, and then they win by 100 runs or 100 points every night. And they're like, yeah, this is, this is enjoyable to watch. Um, but I think that that's a symptom of... Um, just everybody plays that fantasy football, fantasy baseball. So, like, they all fancy themselves like general managers anyway. So, they, they I don't know. And they're always fucking picking up different players on the, whatever, this little fantasy thing that they, they're in sports. <laughs> that just is the funniest. I've never played that shit. I'm sure it's fun, but I'm just like, I don't, you know, I was talking to Bartnick about this. It's like, did you ever give a fuck when you were growing up watching sports who was making what? Did you ever give a fuck what they were doing off the field? You only gave a shit about the game. The fucking game came on. There was five minutes of pregame, five minutes of postgame, and you watched the fucking game. That was it. I didn't need, you know, I guess the sports writers, some of them would like gossip a little bit. Um... I mean, you have to be doing shit at the le- level of like Derek Sanderson or like Joe Namath back in the day for people to actually be talking about what you were doing off the field. But other than that, no one knew what you're doing and nobody gave a fuck. Um, all right. With that, let me read. Um, let me read a little bit of the uh, the advertising here if I can find it. Just realized I forgot to uh, to look it up here. Oh, by the way, the name of that video, too, is Sarah Thower. S-A-R-A-H. T-H-A-W-E-R, Masterclass, on her YouTube channel. And beyond her playing, just how free she is as a person and how much in the, the, the best way possible she doesn't give a fuck. I loved it. Um, all right. Oh, here we go. Let me see here. Oh, live reads. Oh, look who it is. Solo stove. I love this thing. Just pop up a little... F- Fire pit anywhere you want to go. It's got the nice silver chrome look to it. You know, it's clean looking. All right, solo stoves. Life's best moments happen around a roaring fire. Um, 
and a smokeless fire pit from Solo Stove makes your outdoor moments even more memorable. Uh, there's nothing like a roaring fire to bring you back to what matters. Yeah, is there enough water close by? There's something about a roaring fire. It just makes it not sound like it's under control. You know, where the flames are so big you have to shout over them, sucking up all that fucking oxygen. The flames are so big they're actually absorbing sound. <laughs> oh, no. Um. Ah, fuck. Is it? Does it ever end? Does it ever fucking end? I got to hit pause here because I got to go look at some shit. Let me finish reading this thing. Um, I said, oh, no, because somebody was calling me. I forgot that I have to do this fucking edit thing. Um, there's nothing like a roaring fire to bring you back to what matters. Yeah, not not burning to death. Uh, the things digital, the things digital distractions and the frenzy of everyday life make too easy to forget. Upgrade your backyard with the solo stove fire pit. That's a fucking window that keeps blowing open or the slowest serial killer ever. Uh, upgrade your backyard with the solo stove fire pit and create story worthy moments without the fireside fumes. Stainless steel construction designed to regulate airflow and burn more efficiently. So little smoke, you'll wonder how there's so much fire. Easy to light with a few bits of starter. Your fire is blazing in minutes. They're so confident you'll love it. They offer a lifetime warranty and a 30-day free return policy. Right now, you can get big discounts on all the fire pits during Solo Stove Summer Sale. And use promo code BURR, B-U-R-R, at solostove.com for an extra $10 off. That's solostove.com, promo code BURR, for $10 off of their incredible summer sale discounts. All right, I got to hit pause here, people, because I got to look at these fucking scenes that we're editing, and then I'll be right back. All right, and I'm back. Um, all right, let's continue with the reads. Indochino. Uh, you know, whether you're going to be a groom in a wedding party. Oh, whether you're going to be a groom, comma, in a wedding party. I'm like, where else the fuck are you going to be a groom? Or a lucky guest. Everyone wants to look their best for a wedding. With a custom-fitted suit from Indochino. You'll look great, feel confident, enjoy the big day without fussing over your clothes. You might even get out of a ticket. Choose every detail on a suit, shirt, and dinner jacket. Dinner jacket. Who wears a dinner jacket? This is my jacket to eat. Right. Gonna have a little rhino. And more at affordable prices that may surprise you. Ooh. For fully customized pieces. Every suit is made to your exact measurements, and you can customize every last fucking detail create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly with options for fabrics lapel shape custom monograms statement linings and more i saw somebody wearing this at a wedding i was like my god that's a beautiful suit blah blah blah. i thought it was you know thought he spent some money didn't cost him nothing cost him like 125 the best part indochino suits start from just 429 and shirts from 79. Indochino offers also offers completely custom fitted shirts, casual wear and more. Get a wardrobe personalized to your style and taste without spending a fortune. They're always adding new pieces and options so you can stay on trend in style. Explore their relaxed yet refined approach to spring suits with their new spring pastels. It's fucking August. If you got a big day, it must be global warming. Spring stretching out. 
If you got a big day coming up, getting the perfect look is no big deal with Indochino. Get $50 off any purchase at $3.99 or more by using the code BURR, B-U-R-R at Indochino.com. That's $50 off a purchase of $3.99 or more at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code BURR. All right, that is what I'm conversing about. Is there anything else I wanted to talk about before I get into the whole thing? Um, oh, I know what. I, that, that movie, Fat City, that I watched, you know, they have one of their fights in the Stockton Auditorium, which still exists 50 years later. And it was like, let's see, it was almost 50 years old. Oh, my God, it's almost 100 years old. I think it was made in 2024. Um, that'd be a cool place to play. I don't think I've ever been to Stockton. Um, with all the rich people getting pushed out by even richer people in uh, San Francisco and then them spilling into Oakland, I would think people that are in Oakland would then get squirted out to Stockton. Who knows? Who the hell knows? Uh, all right. And with that, I'm in a little bit of a grumpy mood because I think I fucked up my shoulder yet again. The ongoing things. Me cutting down on cigars and trying to get my shoulders in shape. Whatever. And my temper. And uh, sunscreen. All these losing battles. All right. Re-losing a finger. Oh, this is this guy last week. He tried to pick up a baby tiger shark. that thing fucking rolled over on him and just bit his finger off. And he, he acted like... He just goes, I just lost my... God damn pinky finger. I would have been like, I, my finger. I would have been freaking out. I'm fucking deformed. Uh, hey, Billy Bath Salt. Salts. On Monday morning's podcast, you mentioned that losing a pinky finger is probably for the best. Um, I was saying out of all the fingers you could lose. I don't know. Are you really going to give me shit here? I was saying you can't throw a change up. I did say that. My procrastination need for useless information was peaked. Turns out the pinky finger does a disproportionate amount of gripping. Uh, while all the other human beings, uh, human beings, other fingers are its helpers. Basically, the reason human beings have oppos- opposables, thumbs, the springboard of our evolution from being just another ape. Apes have thumbs, don't they? I thought it was because we ate mushrooms. There's so many fucking internet theories. Is that the thing? Is that the thing is doing the opposite? Opposing is the little finger. Yeah, well, guess what? The ring finger is going to step up on his hand. The reason why the ring finger isn't doing shit is because the pinky's there. All right? The pinky just went down. The ring finger's coming in off the bench. It doesn't have a choice. It's got to get it done. I say the guy's ring finger will become stronger than yours and mine put together. Anyway, so if you have your little finger amputated, you're going to lose a significant amount of grip strength when holding everyday small objects. Initially. Initially, you will. Uh, given the choice, that's, yeah, it's like your other senses heighten. Same thing with the ring finger. The ring finger steps up. Steps up, puts down the clipboard, and now you can do a pull-up. Uh, given the choice... You want to give up the index finger on the hand you don't use for writing as the other two of the middle digits will take over its job. Who knew? Thanks for the podcast and the comedy. It keeps us grounded in these mercurial times. All right. 
just out of curiosity, like, did you just Google one thing? Like, you, the, the fact that you had no idea and now you're, like, talking to me like you're an authority. Um, and I'm defensive because I was saying, I don't think the pinky's that big a deal. I think it's, like, the best one to lose as far as, like, you know, if you're walking around in public. Like, no one's really going to notice that. You know? If your hand's sort of, like, fucking relaxed. I don't think that they notice it. Did that just pique your interest and now you're going to fucking slam that down? Listen, man, I'm just trying to fill up an hour every week. I don't need you coming in here cross-examining me. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That actually was interesting. But I would think that the, the pinky finger would, th- I mean, the ring finger would then do something. I can only feel like I'm right now. Like, yeah, it would do something. It's not just going to sit there. Um, if you're ever inclined to do a show, like you ever see like uh, people with no arms working as bank tellers? how flexible their fucking legs are. Do you think that they would be there and then doing all this shit with their feet? I can't fucking do that. Their feet are acting like hands. Why? Because they have no arms. Hence, they got no, nothing to put their hands on. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's, my, that's my rebuttal. Your, your, your thing that got peaked just got peaked by my peak. Twin peaks. Um, if you're ever in, inclined to do a show in Bangkok... Uh, know that there's a huge expat community of stand-up lovers who will support the shit out of it. We sold out Chappelle and Jeffries within a week of tickets released. Just saying. Well, I want the locals to go. You know? I don't want to go all the way to Bangkok and talk to some guy from Houston, Texas, or fucking, you know, the Valley. I can do that out here. Wait a second. Now my interest has been peaked. Um, my interest has been piqued. What, because I made a statement? You had to fucking prove me wrong in front of all my listeners? Huh? Take me down a peg? Is that what you wanted to do? Well, I hope you feel better, because you did. Um, Bangkok, capital of Thailand. Ex-pats. How many? What do we got? Bangkok ranks 20th on a list of expat-friendly cities. Oh, is this where all the fucking pedophiles go? They get in trouble and then they just fucking screw and they go over there? Or is that Bali? I don't know. We'll find out. All right. Well, thank you for the information. So I was trying to look for a fucking bright side of seeing some guy get his pinky bit off. Uh, Now he can't hold his rod or reel. Uh, re-cakes. Oh, my idea for cakes, you know, because they have Hooters. You make, you make a restaurant called Cakes. They serve the same shitty chicken wings, except the girls have uh, nice asses as opposed to uh, big titties, you know? Just filling a void. And then when that works, you make uh, feedies. Um, dear Billy Brainstorm, I think cakes is a good idea for a counterplay to Hooters. I just like to add that size of either tits or ass is overrated. It's all about shape. I've heard an evolutionary biologist speak on this as well when asked about the attraction to large tits or ass. What? Where the fuck were you that you were watching an evolutionary biologist speak and somebody was just like, that's very interesting how we, we went from being apes to now driving Teslas that are going to drive it for us. Um, as fascinating as the evolution of man is, can we talk tits and ass, please? And the person was just, well, absolutely. 
Anyway, he didn't use the terms tits and ass, right? He was much more eloquent and respectful. I dated two girls with large tits. One was a long time ago. When she laid down, they almost disappeared. One of them is my current wife, and she's 39, and they're still perky and whatnot. She works out and has a great ass. A great ass, too. I dated a girl who bragged about her ass, but it was just big, and there was nothing special about it. The size wars are a young man's dead-end game. Shape is what matters. I don't need a giant ass if it looks like a bag of old yogurt. Hey, man, I was just trying to fucking open a restaurant, and you're sitting there, like, like the ch- chicks I'm going to have working there won't have, like, I don't know what a fucking nice ass looks like. I need to talk to an evolutionary biologist. What the fuck is in the water this week? You guys are all coming at me. Anyways, this guy's going on and on about himself, and I don't need giant tits if they're just fat because the girl is fat. P.S. If you open cakes, you better make routine visits to locations wearing a robe and smoking a cigar while brazenly pinching employees' asses. Uh, no. If I'm in the restaurant community as a ginger, one of us already fucked up that world, so I, I'm, they, they'd have me... I'd have to do a fucking 23andMe to prove that I wasn't Mario Batali. You know, I still have his cookware, and I still stand by Molto Mario. It's a fucking great cooking show. Uh, celebrities at your shows. Hey, Billy, Billy Espresso Bean Burr. Uh, my wife and I went to one of your... Sh- your spots last Wednesday when you fucking murdered, kid. We noticed Gene Simmons was in the audience. Two-part question. Did they tell you he's there before you went up? And does it affect you in any way knowing that a celebrity is in the audience before you perform? Uh, no, they didn't. And no, it doesn't. It used to when I was younger. Because then you want to see if you're making them laugh. Because you feel like they're famous. They must know something. And if I make them laugh, then I must know what they know. Um, did that just shut off my fucking... Okay. I don't know if you got that, but some phone just rang. Uh, yeah, I used to folk. I remember seeing William Shatner came to the Comedy Cellar. And I was all like looking at him to see if I made him laugh. And I, and I can't even remember if I did or not. But like... Uh, no, they didn't tell me that he was there. Actually, I, I, I didn't know that he was there. Um, thank you very much for the last. My wife has officially called you her spirit animal, and we can't wait for your movie to come out. Oh, thank you. Um, I think uh, if it was... Um, I don't know. I think then it was, it was comedians, comedians that I, I wanted to have a good set in front of. I remember a long time ago uh, when I was doing <clears throat> the Rich Bitch Tour with Donnell, Ashy, Larry, Rawlings, and uh, uh, the late, great Charlie Murphy. I remember we went down and we did uh, the Comedy Union, and uh, Eddie Murphy came out to see us, and I was definitely aware that he was there, and of course, I did not have a good set. Uh, that was way back in 2004, and I was fucking, I was not happy with myself. I didn't even go up and say hello to him because I was like, I'm not saying hello after that fucking set. Um, and looking back, it probably wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And I ended up meeting him one time at this Netflix thing, and he was like the fucking nicest guy ever. Um, really cool guy. So I should have said hello. So I don't know. Anyway, whacked out news. 
Um, hey, Billy Buffoon, did you hear about this Elon Musk shit this week? Wall Street Journal reports he had an affair with the wife of the head of Google. Uh, turns out they can both prove they've never been alone in the same place. The article also said he's not friends with the guy from Google anymore. Turns out they are. The Wall Street Journal even admitted that they didn't reach out to any of the parties involved. Shouldn't he sue the ink off these cunts? Um, yeah, back in the day, that would ha- you would get the shit suit out of you because newspapers are still held for libel and slander and that type of shit. But I just think because of the internet that you can just say anything that you want about anybody and nobody's liable for anything. Uh, that I don't even think it even matters what anybody says about you anymore. Anyways, he says, it doesn't affect me in my simple life, but collectively it's fucking up the world. Everyone starts talking about this stuff while, as you would say, they're poisoning the food supply. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, they turn our food supply into poison when... Um, Check out that New Haven's Farms. I think that's what it's called on um, Instagram. I follow that account. It's really inspiring me to get something going, some sort of garden or something, and what little yard that I have. Uh, If someone printed a story like that about you, would you take legal action? I'm not talking an entertainment rag. I'm talking a legit news source. No, because it's out there. People are already going to believe what they're going to believe, and then... It's like if you sue them, then you're just like prolonging the story and then it just stays out there longer and longer. And then you actually become part of the reason why the whole thing's going down the toilet because rather than talking about something important, like the level that people were watching... I mean, I'm happy Johnny Depp won and everything, but the level that everybody was watching that fucking trial and talking about it while all this other shit is going on um, and nobody paying attention, like, you know, trying to figure out why it's like $7 a gallon and you're still blaming colors of ties rather than the fact that they fucking just counterfeited $20 trillion and threw it into the country, uh, uh, into the economy and like, how we're fighting a never-ending fucking war that bankrupted this country I don't know how many times and every August we just print more fucking money you know with nothing behind it it it's just causes inflation and no one wants to look at that no one wants to look at the people who fucking did it people want to defend the people that did it because they, they wear the color tie that they like it's the whole fucking thing is stupid and they all get away with it so I'm hoping against hope that eventually People will rise above all of that dumb shit and uh, not take the system down because it's too big to do that. I would just, just as individuals, just try to ignore it and focus on yourself. Grow your own food. Uh, I don't know what to do about the money supply, but we all, we all just somehow just looked out for each other. So then no matter what gloom and doom thing that they did, you'd be like, yeah, you know, it's not going to happen. It'll be fine. I don't think there's going to be a giant race war because I've read enough books and I have a nice wide variety of friends that I know that what you're saying is bullshit, you know? Or you can choose to have your head in the fucking sand and watch CNN and Fox and have them scare the fucking shit out of you every goddamn day. 
um, while never giving you a, uh, you know, never giving you any solutions. Um, (laughs) You know, it's fucking hilarious. Donald Trump's team is just emailing the shit out of me. And I will not put him in trash because his, the subject lines are just fucking hilarious. Here's one. Donald J. Trump. It just says, unbelievable. And, and I could be like, I'm unbelievable. I am the greatest. Or can you believe what Sleepy Joe just did? I love that he can call him Sleepy Joe because he's a Democrat and it's not making fun of dementia. Um, like Donald Trump can literally do anything. The guy fucking made fun of uh, John McCain, a prisoner of war, a war hero. He called him a loser who got caught. And all of these people, America, love it or leave it, support the troops, didn't give a fuck because he wore a red tie and was saying what they wanted to hear. It's fucking amazing. This fucking guy is amazing. Now, I know that there's somebody on the liberal left, I just don't have them right now, that I know is doing the exact same thing. That guy who kept taking his dick out in New York. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what party he was in. I don't pay attention to it. Here's another one. Team Trump. And it says, and you can have it. Like, I don't even know. Like, it's all like we need to have something that grabs the eye that makes them want to open the thing. I mean, let's see here. What else do I got here? Congratulations was another one I got from him. Will you step up? Um, read one more here. There was an epic shirt seen at something. Did you see what happened in my, at my rally in Alaska? I called some front row patriots onto my rally stage because of the incredible Trump rally shirts they were wearing. After I saw this amazing shirt... I knew I had to have them ready to go for you, for patriots like you. This guy's selling merch. (laughs) Did you see what the three people in Alaska were wearing that we paid them to wear? So then we brought it up on stage and act like it was an improvised moment so we could sell some T-shirts. Anyway, I thought that's just my one question about that guy. Just what exactly... What business is this guy running that he has time to to just walk away from all of his businesses, be president, lose the election, okay, rerun, lose, and then never stop running and start making like fucking, hey, some fans made a cool t-shirt about the shit that I do. We should mass produce this. He sounds like a fucking podcaster. Oh, people, we're in a rock and a hard place. We got this fucking jerk off coming back to go up against the current president who can't even ride a bicycle, can't go upstairs, shouldn't drive a fucking car, let alone give a speech. I mean, we got to do better than this. What I'm hoping is Biden doesn't win the nomination. And we get somebody like in their 40s with their faculties uh, for the Democrats. And then the Republicans come with somebody in their 40s with their faculties. Okay, their faculties, meaning both of them are way more towards the middle. Okay, and we just sort of abandon the Jesus freaks and the hairy legged white chicks, those lunatics. All right, the people too in their fields on both sides. And we just kind of get back to, uh, why doesn't everybody just fucking relax? 
Everybody have a sandwich. Everybody calm down. Everything's going to be all right, even though it isn't. Um, all right, sorry. Why am I talking politics? I don't know. It's sort of fucking inevitable. It is what happens. But as I mentioned uh, before, believe it or not, the Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean, can you imagine this little team that could, this $250 million team that could, whatever they spent this year. It now has the best record in baseball because the Yankees went on a little bit of a skid here. Let's, let's, let's check out. Let's check out the standings if I can. I think the Red Sox are in last place. The only, the only thing good about that is we do have a tough uh, we do have a tough division. So we're only a couple games under 500 and we're, we're already in uh, last place. Um, teams. All right, here we go. What are they just trying to sell me merch here? Scores, schedule, stats, standings. All right, let's look in, because this is where a lot of casual fans tap out. The Yankees with a commanding, uh, what do they have? They have like a, they have a 12-game lead over Toronto. Three games behind Toronto is the Tampa Bay Lightning, Tampa Bay Devil Rays, Tampa Bay Rays. Then the Baltimore Orioles at 51 and 51 are a half a game ahead of the Boston Red Sox. Um, incredible. Toronto went 8 and 2 the last 10. Yankees went 5 and 5. So Toronto picked up 3 games. They picked up 3 games on them. We'll see what happens. And then the rest of the th- Houston's good this year. Hang on, buddy. I'm doing I'm wrapping up the podcast. Um, nobody in the AL Central seems to be doing anything. Houston's got a 67 and 36. Jesus Christ. They'd only be two games behind the Yankees. This is not a foregone conclusion. The Mets, they are the Mets though. Atlanta has a decent record. Dodgers, best record. Best record in the friggin' league. All right, let's let's look at team leaders here, shall we? We're gonna do a little baseball here. What do we got here? Stats, stats, and more stats. Dude, they were showing like reverse web gems on uh, ESPN, and I swear to God, out of like the the fifteen bloopers they showed, like three of them were the Red Sox. Just our guys losing fly balls. Like, how many more times are they gonna show that inside the park fucking home run? The Blue Jay guy had. Um, all right, let's see here. What is this here? Regular season. Is this batting average? I I swear to God, how fucking difficult can you make a goddamn website? Hitting, okay. Select a player. That's not what I want to do. I don't want to select a player. I want to see leaders. Regular season. All-star game, no. Okay, regular season, year-to-date, standard, expanded, Select a player pool. All players qualified. Select a split home and way. I just want to see who's got the best fucking batting average. Oh, this is on base percentage. All right, so who's got the best average? Who's leading the league in fucking home runs? All right. 
Justin Verlander, lowest ERA in the American League. We're getting somewhere now. All right. Miami Marlins, Sandy Alcantara, Cantara, Dylan Cease, Shane. Where the fuck are all the Yankees? I thought they had a bunch. Oh, there he is. Nestor Cortez. I don't like the Yankees, but I like that guy. I like that guy. Um, Well, that's in the whole league. All right. How about some fucking home runs here? All right. I give up with this shit. MLB league leaders. League leaders. All right. Here we go. Here we go. ESPN.com. All right. 333 batting average. Lewis. Oh, my God. Arrays. A-R-R-A-E-Z. I'm too white to pronounce that properly. My, my apologies. Uh, Major League wins by pitcher Justin Verlander Houston. Now, how the fuck are the Yankees not in there with all of those goddamn wins? Because they're spreading it around. Um, all right. Home runs is Aaron Judge. 40 fucking two. 42. And those are those are legit. No steroids, none of that shit. I'm, I, I buy that. I 100% buy that. That's fucking Paul Bunyan going up there. Um, runs batted in. Aaron Judge, 91. And we got hits. I love hits. I like that stat. Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman, what a great name. L.A. Dodgers, 128 hits. These, these offensive numbers seem like down other than uh, what Aaron Judge is doing. Um, the pitching is just too fucking good now. They're talking about maybe lowering lowering the mound again. I mean, it's already down to an A cup. What the fuck are they going to have out there? Uh, stolen bases, 28. When's the next Ricky Henderson going to come along? Uh, quality starts. I don't even know what that stat is. Strikeouts, there you go. Garrett Cole. New York Yankees, 162. That's, some, that's a badass stat. Just punching them out. Good shit. Um, I mean, it'd be better if I saw a fucking Red Sox somewhere in there. But you know what? I'm hanging in there with them. That's what I'm doing. Um, so anyway, people, that is the podcast for this week. Uh, I'm going to have the great Paul Verzi's out here. We're going to knock out some of those anything betters. I just got so busy with the movie. He got busy promoting his special. Uh, and we live on the opposite side of the country here. So we're going to knock out some of those this week. And um, thank you to everybody that's been watching my stand-up special live at Red Rocks. Please tell your friends about it. Uh, I'm very proud of it. Um, and uh, I think that's it. What do I have coming up next? My next gig is I'm doing Arthur Ashe Stadium in um, in Queens, New York. And I was so tempted to go out and get a wig and a headband and go out as 1970s John McEnroe if I didn't need my beard for something. But I just feel it's going to look stupid if I do it and I, I got the beard. This is what I was going to do. I, was, I can't say what I was going to do because I might still do it. Uh, I'm not doing it. I'm not dressing up, but I'm still going to... I might do a little Johnny Mac, though. Uh... <laughs> I'll tell you about it later. Oh, what a silly job I have. Um, okay, that's only oh, these Vista Light drums. I kind of like that they track you, you know? Look at this. I mean, I'm on ESPN's website, and, and then I got sponsored headline, Ludwig Vista Light Fab 3 Piece Shell Pack Green. 
And then they got one, Black Sparkle Smoke in Black. Wait, that's still available? That's not going to be the 24, is it? It's going to be the 22. Oh, this is one of these things. I'm going to click on this, and they're going to say, like, it's not available. That was the 50-year anniversary one. What sizes are these? What sizes are these? The shell pack. Yeah, it's a 22. Yeah, go fuck yourself. I'm not not buying that shit. All right. I'm babbling here. All right. That's the podcast, everybody. Uh, I'm going to go play with my kids. All right. Thank you to everybody that came out in Montreal. Have a great couple of days and go fuck yourself.